Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Now, what I'm going to teach on this morning, and, and may not finish it this morning, we'll finish it next week. I think many times we just live our lives and you know, we, we, we love God, we come to church, we, we give in the offering, we, we, we do what we know to do, we're developing our faith, trying to grow up in the things of God. But sometimes there's a missing component to our lives that really causes all these wonderful things to gel in our lives and really become a force in our lives that causes us to really live on the good things of God and that which God wants us to have. You say, now what is that component? That component is reproduction. God didn't save you, fill you with the Holy Ghost, and heal you for you to just sit in church and nothing to happen in your life. God has saved you and healed you and filled you with the Holy Ghost and delivered you for you to be an element or an ingredient of reproduction in the earth. And if you can begin to understand that and begin to utilize that, it's amazing how faith will come online for all the other needs that you're believing God for. Finances become easy. Healing becomes easy. Because you've got to understand, church, God has a need. I don't think we realize that because we think, well, God has everything. God can do anything. That's really not true. God does not have everything because there's a lot of people out there he doesn't have. You know, the, the conference we were in last week represented hundreds and thousands of people. Uh, there was uh, uh, maybe a couple of thousand ministries there, ministers there, and then, of course, the church body that came, there were thousands of people in the conference. But here's the thing. What represented the ripple effect of what went on there is going to go out into the world, and because of that, thousands of people are going to get saved. We had, we had Christopher Allum here uh, uh, opening up our uh, uh, fall harvest this year. In 2015, Christopher had 1.2 million people born again in his ministry. Listen, that's big with God. I said, that's big with God. For years, we've had a constant flow of people that have come to the front, getting right with God or getting saved for the first time. That's all well and good in ministry, but this thing is designed to work in your life. Every one of us are called to be soul winners in the kingdom of God. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean you share your faith by living your faith, proclaiming your faith, and forcing people in their lives to a place of decision. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Thank God somebody did it to you. Amen. I ought to get a better amen than that. Amen. Whether it was a pastor or an evangelist or somebody on TV or just an individual, somebody obeyed God and led you to Jesus. Amen. Well, that ought to reproduce in you. My amens just went away, didn't they? That ought to reproduce in you. You say, well, I'm shy. I don't think I could ever talk to anybody about God like this. Yes, you can. Because God has equipped you with a commission, with an anointing, amen, and with a mandate to go do it. And if you will go do it, I guarantee you God will greatly bless your life. I get a scripture every day. Every day I get a scripture from Tommy Chung Ming. Everybody say Tommy Chung Ming. Tommy is one of, Tommy's one of the top surfers in Hawaii. In 1994, Tommy won both the longboard and shortboard competition in the U.S. National Surfing Competition. He could have went professional, but he had five kids he had to raise. We met him at the, uh, at the uh, Ihilani Hotel 
He wasn't serving God. I led him to the Lord. I began to share the Word of God with him over the next few years, and Tommy got on fire for God. Now, Tommy has a ministry where he has several hundred people that every day he sends them a scripture. These are people he's led to the Lord. These are the people he's prayed with. This is the people he's ministered. He found a way to reproduce. Isn't that right? I can just see Tom. He's got this big smile. I mean, if you, if you know what the word aloha means, that's Tommy Chung Ming. And I'll tell you, he took that. Uh, he was the bellman of the year in 2000. And he took that, that personality that he had, that zeal that he had, and reproduced Christ in it. Now he touches people all over the world. Every day, he gets, I can always tell when the sun is coming up in Hawaii. Because my phone, my phone quacks. Whack, 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 whack. My phone quacks, and I know, and I look and I say, Tommy, and every day I read that scripture, and you know what I do personally? I support his ministry. I send him money every month. I've done it for 11 years now. You say, why? Because it's good soil. People are getting blessed. They're getting saved. He's ministering to them. Every one of us have something like that dormant on the inside that needs to come to the outside so that the reproduction process of God's kingdom can come online. Without it, the kingdom does not expand. Listen, we can have meetings in here. The dead could be raised. The cripple could walk. The blind can see. We could run around the church and scream. The glory of God has come in. But if nobody gets saved, what are we doing? Let me try that again. If nobody comes to Jesus, what are we doing? Now, you gotta, let, me, let me help you. I'm going to give you some good scriptural foundation. We're going to stay right here in chapter 5, maybe for a couple of weeks. Number one, you must recognize and realize there's only two kinds of people on the earth. Two kinds of people. Forget, forget all the, the colors. Forget all the, the, the national boundaries. Forget all the continents. There are only two kinds of people. There are those that exist and there are those that live. Now let me try that again. There are those that exist and there are those that live. Now there are those that exist in horrible conditions. There are those that exist in abject poverty. There are those that exist in, in conditions that I'm so thankful that, that none of us have to live in. But there are those that exist in mansions. And there are those that exist with millions and even billions of dollars. And there's those that exist that have power. But I'm telling you, they're not living. They're not alive. They're only existing. You only existed till the day you got born again. You say, what do you mean by that? That's literally all humanity is, is you come onto this planet, you exist till death runs its course, and then you die and go to a place of eternal separation from God. But thank God, 2,000 years ago, through His Son, Jesus Christ, an intervention took place. Oh, come on, church. An intervention took place. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And if God was willing to do such an extreme thing to win souls, you can talk to your neighbor. You can witness to the person that you work with. Listen, you don't have to hide in the closet anymore. I'm believing God that the move of God, the power of God, the anointing of God is going to come out of the closet and become public again. I remember when I first came to the Lord, I'd pay people. I remember giving a guy $20 to sit there and listen to me tell him about Jesus. Amen. I used to just dial random phone numbers. I'd get on the phone. Back when we had rotary dialing, I'd just dial random phone numbers. He said, you were crazy. Yeah, I guarantee you I was crazy. I'm still crazy. 
I witness to people and minister to people all the time. You have to make a decision that your salvation is valuable enough to share it. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We need to open those vessels up. Going right along with Pastor Leah's scripture, we are the light of the world, we are the salt of the world, but if we do not use what we have, we lose it. Now let me try that again. If we don't use what we have, we lose it. Now, now let me just do this real quick. How many of you have somebody in your life that needs to get saved? Raise your hand. Now that's almost the entire church. Now, if we could do that in the next month, the church doubles. Amen. Well, let's go to the scripture. Cheerleading's over. Let's go to work. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we judge that if one died for all, now listen to this, then all were dead. Now, every person born onto this planet, we've taught on this and taught on this and taught on this. Every person that is born on this planet is born into the human family. Now, there's something unique about the human family. Little babies, when they're born, little infant children, when they're born, they are born in innocence. If they die in that state of innocence, they go right back to the Father of Spirits. I heard a story, it was on uh, James Robinson's program several years ago, and the, actually the family that it happened to was, was, he was being interviewed. And, and, and they had a little uh, three-year-old that was just learning to talk, and they had an infant. And they caught the little three-year-old climbing up on the crib of the infant and leaning over and saying, I'm forgetting what he looked like. Can you tell me what he looks like? I'm beginning to forget what it was like up there. Can you tell me what it was like up there? See, that he's the father of all spirits. The human spirit comes from God, but it comes down into a fallen family. And when the age of accountability, Paul said it like this, I was alive under God once, but then sin revived and I died. That's why children have to be taught and instructed in the things of God. You don't have it naturally. No child has it naturally. Every child, when the choice is given them to do right or wrong, they'll always do wrong. You say, why? It's their nature. It's the nature of a sinner to sin. And one of the greatest revelations that someone who is just existing on this earth can have is that they are a sinner. Your life ought to bring conviction. It is the work of the Holy Ghost. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in you and through you that when you're around people, there should be a conviction that works on people. They should recognize and realize that person's different. They're different, not, not ethnically different, not, uh, uh, not, not as far as uh, uh, gender is concerned, not as far as age, height, width. That, that. There's something different about those people. That's why we can't live like the world, talk like the world, act like the world. We have to be Christ, or I like to say it like this, Christ in us, which is the hope of his glory and manifestation. Now, so all are dead. Everybody say, all are dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should live henceforth. Uh, excuse me, let it get again. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 
Now, let me just say this. If you get mad at me, praise God, just get healed. Not to desire. To see people saved is selfish. Let me say that again. Not to desire. You say, what do you mean by that? Go through the process. We're going to talk about the process of praying and interceding. The Bible says when Zion travails, sons and daughters are born into the kingdom of God. That's why it's important to come to prayer here at Island Church. Because people's lives are at stake. Their eternal lives are at stake. That's why we pray on Wednesday night. That's why we pray on Saturday night. It is so important that you understand that when Zion travails, sons and daughters are born into the kingdom of God. And for us not to have a burning zeal on the inside of us, to go out into our community. I'm telling you, say, well, you're the pastor. You ought to do it. No, I'm not called to do it. You are. I'm called to raise you up to do it. And my previous pastors raised me up to do it, and I do it all the time. I do it in airports. I do it in restaurants. I do it in the duck marsh. I do it out fishing. I've done it all over in just about every setting you can think about. I have brought people out of death into life, out of darkness into light. By being a soul winner. Not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a Christian. Everybody say a soul winner. Say a soul winner. Say God. God. God in heaven. In Jesus' name. Make me a soul winner. Put a fire. Put a zeal in me for the lost. Mm -mm -mm. Now notice verse 16. Here's, here, Paul begins to peel back the layers of this. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Now listen to what he just said. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Now that's our problem. We view people in the flesh. Now I don't care who you are. If you just got saved yesterday at the biker rally, I do not care if you are born again, if you are blood-washed, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have riches on this earth that money cannot buy. Come on, let me say that again. If you are blood-washed, if you're born again, and if you know that you are, I was listening to some teaching this weekend, uh, and the minister was saying that uh, he was having a conversation. There were three men there, and two of them agreed that, that, that the new birth was the only way. The other one said, how can you know? How can you know? He said, I'm telling you, nobody can know whether they make it to heaven or not until after they die, and their, and their works are weighed in the balance. That's the problem with religion. Religion is wrong. You can have all the best works of any individual on this planet and die and go to a sinner's hell. Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. And that is what we're talking about, getting people born again. The problem we have is we view people in the, in the how can I say this, in the shadow of their flesh. And we see people better off not going through maybe the crisis of life that we're going through. Maybe people that have just seemed to have had it uh, better in life. But you've got to understand, you've got to begin to see people on a spiritual level. You've got to view people as either, listen, this person, person's either living or this person's either just existing until death runs its course. 
And if you'll begin to do that and begin to pray and begin to ask God to open doors of utterance for you, God will put you in the position to share your faith with people. And I've got good news. You don't have to tell them everything God's done for you. Tell them what God's done for them. Now notice, here's, here's, this kind of helps us here. It says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Now just like there wasn't one amen in here, I'm sure when the Apostle Paul preached on that, he got no amens on that one either. But now notice what he was saying. He said, now listen. He's trying to, listen, he's trying to install into the church at Corinth and into the church at Galveston. You've got to understand, church, a lot of people know Jesus after the flesh. They know the baby in the manger. They know the suffering Savior. They see the sculptures. They see the artwork. They see him in the Gospels. Thank God for the Gospels. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I read them. I preach out of them. I study them. But you've got to understand, there is another view. I said, there's another view. There's, I like what one preacher called it. He says, there's the portrait of the Gospels, but then there's the x-ray of the letters. Because when you see him through the x-ray of the letters, you know, in order to see an x-ray good, we've got several doctors in here. In order to see an x-ray good, you've got to hold it up to what? Up to what? And see, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God that enlightens you. And when you hold the Word of God up against the backdrop of the light, the Spirit of God comes in and enlightens you, and you see Jesus for who He is. Not just the babe in the manger, not just the suffering Savior. You see Him as the risen Christ. You see Him as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But I'm going to tell you something a little better than that. You say, what is that? You see yourself in Him. You see yourself in Christ without the revelation of the New Testament. All you see is what's in the Gospels, the portrait painted of him. But with what Paul's revelation was, we see ourselves in him. Thus we have the next verse, verse of Scripture, chapter 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? Once you see him, you begin to see yourself in him. You see him as the healer. You see yourself healed. You see him as the deliverer. You see yourself delivered. Some of you, you see him as the baptizer and the Holy Ghost. You see yourself full of the Spirit of God. You see him as your prosperity. You see yourself prosperous. Listen, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the conduit between God the Father in heaven and us here on earth. There's the family that's in heaven. Thank God for all those that have gone before. But then there's also the family on earth. But he's the head of it all. I said, he's the head over the law. And what's in the head needs to flow in the body. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is God's desire toward the lost? When God's desire becomes our desire, then we become those that flow in the kingdom. Amen? I know there's a lot of people, they want to specialize, say, well, we need more healing, or we need more of this. No, we need the lost. We need the lost to see the light of the glory of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we got verse 17. Therefore, everybody say therefore. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The whole world sets out to try to change itself. Now let me say that again. The whole world, as people begin to live, they begin to, they begin to become a, a young person, a teenager, they get into their 20s, they get into their 30s. Eventually, they come to a place in life 
where they think this. I need a change. Has that ever happened to anybody in here? Where they begin to think, I need a change. And then we set about to change ourselves. Well, thank God there's people that have gone to the gym and and changed their physical body or gone to college and changed their mind. But the thing is, God doesn't want to change you. God wants to make you brand new. And there's so much difference between change and new. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, here we are. uh, It's... uh, supposed to be like a record day today for the weather. I think up in Houston it's going to be like 89. They say maybe pushing 90 tomorrow. But did you know Wednesday it's all going to change? Three or four days, it'll all change back again. Three or four days after that, it'll all change back again. And you know, you're playing this with your air conditioner and heater, you know. There's no constant in change. Uh, it change, it changes back. It cha- we change the time. We go home tonight and we're going to go, oh man, it's getting darker earlier. But you know about March or April again, we'll change it again. Oh, it's staying light. You know, we just, we just, uh, just change literally means there's going to be more change after that. But God said, I'm not trying to change people. I can't change them. I need to make them new. And that's what the new birth is. It is a newness that comes into your life that from the standpoint of that newness, now change becomes something that you can enter into and something that will bless your life. Everybody say, in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Now, when you start getting into the redemptive side of this, it'll blow your mind. Now, Now, you can literally say this. That your existence on this earth ended the day you got born again. And the day you got born again, you begin to live. And everything encapsulated in your existence, I like the word, passed away. Let me say that again. Passed away. And the problem with people is they hang on to that which is past. Mindsets, ideas, habits, addictions, amen. Memories, thoughts, trauma, pain, unforgiveness. Where the entire word of God is designed to free you from your past and help you realize and recognize the reality of this brand new life that's been given to you. Oh, I don't, I don't think you're getting it. You say, what do you mean? A brand new life. A brand new life, a brand new life has started for you. Not a changed life, a new life, a brand new life where you can all of a sudden discount the past. Now stay with me, stay with me. Notice this. All, behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become what? New. Become new. Now notice, all things of God, all things are of God, verse 18 who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody say, I have the ministry of reconciliation. Say, I have the ministry of reconciliation. Now, let me just say something. I was there when Breland was born. 
Our daughter's now 16. She'll be 17 in January. I was there. That had an effect upon me, and it's, it's just been branded into my memory. But I can go from person to person. The one that comes to my mind right now, some of y'all know. How many, uh, some of y'all from the, the, that kind of know the work we've done in Ireland, there was a girl that got saved in our meeting years ago named Catherine Doyle. How many remember Catherine? Catherine is still serving God, loves God with all of her heart, and she was just a little teenage girl that was being used by some of the most horrible circumstances you could imagine. And in one night, she became a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I remember getting on the airplane to fly home and crying out to God and saying, God, what's going to happen to that person? There was no large church to help her. There was really the church that was there was a fledgling church doing its best just to get going and getting started. And I thought, how easy. The cracks that she could slip through were as wide as the Grand Canyon. And I thought to myself, because there were people in her life that were using her and abusing her, and they were coming after her, and they were giving threats to the church, and all this guy. And I thought, there's no chance. What chance? And God said to me, you do not understand the power of the new birth. I mean, he said it to me just like that, walking up, a, walking up a gangway to get on a Delta flight back to Atlanta. He said, you don't understand the power of the new birth. And I remember six months later, I'm sitting in a, in a little encove in, a, in an area we had leased to do some meetings. And this beautiful little blonde Irish girl was serving me uh, some, some hot tea. And I looked up at her. She, she said, Brother Rusty, you don't even know me, do you? I said, I'm sorry. You look familiar, but I don't know. She said, I'm Catherine. I said, oh, my God. I mean, it just, it just melted me. I recognize the power of the new birth. And I could tell you stories of Catherine. I could tell you stories of Tommy. I could tell you stories of all these other people over the years in my life that I was there when they got born again. Born again. Born again. Why? Because it was the ministry of reconciliation that brought them into the kingdom. It's the same thing that brought you into the kingdom. Someone was cooperating with that urge, that desire on the inside for sons and daughters to be birthed into Zion, into the kingdom of God. And because of that, they got active in the kingdom. This is what activates you in the kingdom more than anything else. More than believing God for $5 million, $10 million to build a building. More than believing God to give money to missions. More than believing God for, a, for, for a, whatever we're believing God for. This activates your activity in the kingdom more than anything else. Now notice, notice, to wit, verse 19, that it was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Listen to this in the Amplified. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Now listen, not counting up, and holding against men their trespasses. Now, let's stop right there for a minute. I'm going to read the rest of it in a minute. The world's problem with God is this. God knows, and God keeps records. And he's got a book up there. And I've, heard, I've actually heard people say, he's got a file on me. Probably has a file case on me. <laughs> Did you know that's not true? That's one of the lies the devil uses to keep people in bondage to their sin and in bondage to their existence in the human family. Now listen to what the Word says. Not counting up and holding 
against men their trespasses, but canceling them. What is our message? There ain't no book. There's no ledger. There was a ledger, but the blood of Jesus has washed everything in that ledger out so that you cannot be accused. There can be brought no accusation against you of that who you used to be according to your existence in the human family. God has canceled it. God has canceled it. There's been a cancel. I don't know if you've ever been in, in trouble with the law. But if you've ever been in trouble with the law and were acquitted or, or were proven innocent or whatever it was that the accusation was made against you, it was either proved false or you got mercy. You say, what do you mean? Well, the accusations against us are not false. But God has given us mercy. That's what it says in Titus. Not by works of righteousness which we perform, but according to His mercy He has saved us. Now, when we begin to understand what God has gone through to get you saved and me saved, what did He go through? The redemptive process. Started in Genesis 3.15 culminated with Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, pouring His blood upon the mercy seat. When God completed that, when God had done that, the price had been paid, the charges against us had been done away with, sin had been canceled. And all we got to do is go tell people, listen, God's not adding up what you've been doing wrong. He's not added up every joint, every beer you drank, every cigarette you smoked, every bad magazine you looked at, every dirty movie you watched. He's not adding every cuss word up. See, I used to think that. I used to think, oh, my God. Come on, how many thought that? You know, the mark. Put a mark by your name, another mark by your name, another mark. Until the next thing you know, there's so many marks. Even if you could go back and remember every one of them, it'd take you more time that you live than you live to confess them all and ask forgiveness. But redemption is more than just the forgiveness of sin. It's the remission of sin, which means the total annihilation of the sin nature on the inside of you and the eradication of everything that you've ever done, past, present, and future. Your sins are not only forgiven in the past, they're forgiven in the now, and they're forgiven in the future. And that's not a license to sin. People don't need a license to sin. They just do it anyway. That's a license to get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to God and His holiness. Mm -mm -mm. Now notice this. Now then, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. As through God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's deed, be ye reconciled to God. Now notice this. An ambassador is a representative of one nation that is put in another nation. Now, in that nation in which the ambassador is resident in, he is commissioned to do business in that nation. Now, let me help everybody. This may, this may help you this morning. Out of every nation on the planet, a nation has risen up. 
Now, not America. America's just another nation that just, you know, we're a, we're a nation of immigrants, but we're, a, we're a, a, a natural nation made up of a lot of other natural nations. But out of every nation on the world, in the world, out of every family, kindred, and tongue, out of every color, out of every language, God has taken his family or his nation out of this world. Even though we are still resident here, he has placed upon every member of that nation an ambassador status. Now let me say that again. On not just an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. No. Special ministries. Special music. No, no, no. On every individual in his nation, he has placed upon you. Everybody say upon me. Say on me. He has placed an ambassador status, which means you are commissioned by God and equipped by God to do kingdom business. Now let me say that again. Kingdom business. What is kingdom business? It is the reproduction of that which got you into the kingdom. That which is on the inside of you that is valuable enough to you that you want to share it with other people. Now, there are some valuables we hide. Amen? There are some things I don't talk about, some experiences I've had with God I don't talk about, some things I've seen in prayer I don't talk about. They're, they're, my, they're mine. They belong to me. I don't even share them with you. They, they're between, that's between God and I, me and God. But now everything else is, 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 is to share. It's to give. Now, understand this about your faith which all this is connected to your faith. Things in the natural wear out with the use. Nice pair of shoes, nice coat, your new car, your new tires on your old car, doesn't matter. They wear out with the use. That is one of the laws of this fallen world. But spiritual things do not wear out with the use. Spiritual things are enhanced by their use. Let me say that again. Spiritual things are enhanced by their use. Next week, I'm not going to get into next week's message, but I'm going to tell you next week how to get somebody saved. How to do How do you pray? How do you approach? What do you say? Because God's given, us all, given it all to us in the Word of God. Some people just need the power of the devil broken over their lives. Some people need to be prayed over till the light of the glorious gospel gets in their eyes and the darkness is dispelled. For some people it takes a few minutes. For some people it may take a few years. Amen. Amen. Prayer is a real key there. But you've got to understand, God has placed upon you an ambassador status. Now, if we had an ambassador in the United States that we sent to another nation and he didn't do anything, the embassy was always closed. Everybody that came to try to do business at the embassy was always turned away. How long do you think it'd be till he was replaced? Well, they'd, some, they'd find somebody that'd do the job. Well, listen, and I, the way I started this, I'm going to end this. One of the greatest keys to all that you're believing God to for coming online with your faith, faith for your finances, Faith for, for healing. Faith for breakthroughs in your life. Faith for your family. Whatever you believe in, for it, for all the faith for you. I say faith for me. Faith for you 
to begin to work and operate and produce faith's manifestations is for you to get over on the other side of the coin and begin to do what your ambassador's status allows you to do. Amen? Because when you go to work in the kingdom, using your faith to work in the kingdom, to bring others into what you have received, all this other stuff just gets activated and comes online. Healing will manifest, finances will come, God blessing, God's blessing will flow. And a lot of people say, well, I'm just part, man, our church, you know, people get saved at our church and, and we support missionaries all over the world and one of our missionaries, one of the guys we support got a million people saved. That doesn't mean anything for you personally. You personally. You say, well, there's just some people that are called to be soul winners. No, they're not. Well, there's just some people called to pray. No, they're not. We are all called to be ministers of reconciliation, proclaiming and demonstrating the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by faith, everybody say by faith, believing God for doors of utterance to speak to one or to speak to thousands. It doesn't matter to God as long as you just have a desire to do it. And the problem is, and this is what we'll deal with next week and work on this a little more. The problem is, if you honestly ask yourself, honestly ask yourself, honestly just say, Lord, just turn the light on my heart. Turn your light on me. The real issue here is desire. We just don't desire to do it. It's not convenient. We have our own issues. We're dealing with crisis. Stuff going on in our lives. So what we're believing God, where I'm praying, where I'm interceding, is that we're going to believe God at Island Church that this desire is going to begin to come so strong in the hearts of people that people are going to so desire. I do not want anyone on that judgment day in which... And that's going to be a horrible day. That judgment day, that last judgment day, when Satan is bound and thrown into the abyss forever, and when the, 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 the souls of the damned, their spirit and their soul, is united now with their glorified body. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, did, did you know the punishment of those that don't receive Jesus? First they go to the holding place in the center of the earth that the rich man went to. That's where they go, where they're tormented in flame. And they're there till judgment. And at judgment, they're resurrected because resurrection works for everybody. And in resurrection, the power of resurrection works for them just like it works for you. It grants them a body that cannot die, a physical body that cannot die. Then they're taken with their God. And they're placed into the pit, into the abyss, in the place of eternal separation from God. I don't care who they are. I don't want anybody to go there. But I don't want anybody to accuse me that I haven't done everything I could possibly do. I like what Dr. Lester Summerall said. He said this right in the middle of the, of the great prosperity move of the 90s. And I thought it was so good. It brought so much balance. 
He said, listen, I would rather die in debt up to my ears, owing everyone I know on this planet millions of dollars, and using those millions to do everything I could do to get every person in the world into the kingdom of God. I would rather die like that than die with millions of dollars in my pocket having done nothing to bring anybody into the kingdom of God. I think that's a pretty good note. I was in a meeting one time. Austin Revival Center in Austin, Texas. The church doesn't exist anymore. But it was a great church when it existed. And they had a choir. They had a robe choir, about 200-member robe choirs, about a church of 1,000 people. And they sang this beautiful song about heaven. And it was a great song. And then this, this, this I guess he was a, the, the a choir leader. He got up and talked about how, oh, oh, you know, he's just kind of exasperated. Oh, just be so glad. When the rapture of the church, and we're all out of here. I'm so tired of this world. I'm so tired. And the more he talked, the more he talked, the, I mean, the more, I don't know, something was just in me. I was just like, you know, I was about six years into the ministry and just, just you know, crazy. And the more he talked, it just didn't hit, wasn't hitting me right. It was just, I mean, and he just kept talking about how he wants to be out of here and he don't want to be involved. And just, you know, it's, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. We need to be out of here. And, I, and I'm weary of my, and all this. And, I'm th- and so they turned the thing over to me. And so I got up and said, well, I guess that's where we are, huh? We just want to just go on to heaven and leave everybody else here to go to hell. I said, when will a generation of people rise up? that will pray, Jesus, please don't come back today. Give us another day. Give us another missions trip. Give us another camp meeting. Give us another outreach. Give us some time, Jesus, because there's people that if you come, they'll go to hell forever, and they'll do it in our generation. Nobody amen that. But I still remember to this day the pastor coming to me, Johnny Cutherson with his name. He said, Rusty, I'm so glad you said that because this church is asleep. We had not had anybody get saved in this church in years. And that's the problem with most churches. There's nobody, nobody been saved in years. Nobody has been touched by the presence of God in years. But listen, yesterday, 2,670 uh, people got saved because, now listen to me, because somebody put forth the effort. And I'm not saying we just need to have great outreaches every week. I'm saying every one of you are an ambassador. You are a representative of the kingdom of heaven. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. And God has equipped you with the power of the Holy Ghost, with gifts of the Spirit, with the Word of God. There are all kinds of things. Well, if I just knew that would work, you won't know it works until you step out and open your mouth and begin to minister to somebody. And when you do, that's when that glory and that power and that... Ble- and I've seen people, as I've talked to them, this were some of the hardest people you've ever seen in your life. Just begin to weep. And tears begin to run down their eyes. Because people don't know it's as free as it is. People don't know that it's as good as it is. I, I, man, I'm going to tell you this with all my heart. This is the only way to live. It's the only way to live. I mean, this is the good life. This is the life. This is the life. I don't want to exist till death runs its course. I want the life of God. Amen? 
Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. I pray over Island Church that a desire, thank you, Lord, I, I receive that, a seed will be planted in these next few weeks for a desire to be birthed in the heart of every man and woman. First of all, for their families. How could any of us sit by passively and let our families die and go to hell? That the desire for our families to be saved will begin to be birthed in us. Secondly, for our friends, those that are close to us that don't know yet, how can we sit by? What will eternity be like without them? What would life be like without them? And then, Lord, for those we don't even know, those chance meetings, those people that you bring us across their path, the waiter at the table, the one that works on our car, the one that mows our grass, the one we buy bait from when we go fishing, the one we see at the beach, the one that we ride our bicycle down the seawall and run into and greet. Let a great desire be birthed in Island Church to see the lost saved. Lord, we know what to do with them. Lord, we know how to disciple. We know how to teach the Word. But show us how to win the lost. The lost art of soul winning, let it come alive in Island Church is my prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.